Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. give you that Nas song, please. I mean, this is a Nas one, too, but I gotta get that Stillmatic intro. Maybe tomorrow. The last show before vacay, we'll get that going at uh, 4 a.m. Anyway, while you were sleeping, where do we begin? Well, we started with the Knicks and their loss last night. Another infuriating way to end a game. Are you surprised by now? I mean, it's the same song and dance for how many years here, where even though the Knicks are a solid team, and certainly in comparison to what they used to be, they still can't figure out how to close out a game or run a final <laughs> final possession. I mean, it's comical. What do you have Jalen Brunson for if you're not going to use him on the final possession of the game? Why give the ball to Julius Randle, who, yes, has been great this year, but has been a turnover machine? And again, at the end of regulation, with a chance to win it, Randle takes it right into a double team, messes everything up, game goes to overtime, Lakers take over. They dominate. They end up getting the win. And what was a, a, an electric atmosphere at the world's most famous? And it just shows you, man, it's sad. If the Knicks were actually good, imagine what that place would be like. They're so starved. Knicks-Lakers, though, big draw for LeBron. First time he's been back at the Garden, I think, since 2020. He gets a triple-double. Magically, LeBron and Anthony Davis were healthy enough to play last night, where the night before in Brooklyn, they were not. Need a little rest, a little maintenance day. And it's said Patrick Mahomes running around on a busted ankle. These guys got a little boo boo, and they not even, and they can't they can't play in, in these games. Anyway, uh, Lakers beat the Knicks. We started the show talking about that, and just overall that the Knicks are in the worst spot you could possibly be. They're too good to not get a top draft pick, and they're not good enough to win a first round series. That's exactly where you don't want to be, and the reason why they're there is because R.J. Barrett first and foremost, is not doing his job. Knicks last night were 7 of 34, I think, from downtown. Barrett was 0 for 3, didn't even play uh, in the fourth quarter or down the stretch and didn't meet the media afterward. I'm going to give Barrett a pass on that because he's a high-character guy, always um, holds himself accountable. But, you know, he wanted it. He didn't want to deal with, the, with yesterday, probably ticked off that he wasn't in there down the stretch. And the reason why he wasn't in there is because he can't shoot the basketball. That's a problem. The Knicks' stars are B-level. I love Brunson, but even Randall. They're not, you know, they're paying these guys, Randall and RJ, to be top guys, and they're just not. Anyway, we talked about that. We talked a little about the Super Bowl, did some Giants and Daniel Jones, lots of Jets and Aaron Rodgers, potentially Tom Brady. 
We're really all over the place. And if you miss anything, check it out on the free Odyssey app. It's so great. You could access anything at any time on there. Go back to, I don't know, hour two, three. Check out all the fun that we've had this morning while you were sleeping. 877-337-6666. Let's get back to the calls. Tyler is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Tyler? Hey, Tyler. What's up, man? Hi, Tyler. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, I mean, I think the Knicks are in perfect position, actually, as a team. For what? I mean, I mean, we're better than if we got Donovan Mitchell. I mean... How? Is Donovan Mitchell really worth all those draft picks? I mean, the only people you make those draft picks for is LeBron, KD, Doncic, or Giannis. Well, you're not That's getting not any of those guys. You're not getting I any I know, of but I'm saying, like, but Donovan Mitchell's not even a top-ten player. Well, who on so the Knicks is? Another... What? But... There were only two games back from the Who, Cavs. Who's better? Who's better than Donovan Mitchell on the Knicks right now? Nobody. Right. Is, but is he worth four first round picks? Yes. Though? Yeah. Uh, who cares about the first round picks? Let me ask it this way: If you already said that Donovan Mitchell is the best player on the Knicks, then yes, the answer is you you trade those picks. You think the Knicks with the four first round picks are going to draft a player that's better than Donovan Mitchell at any point? I mean, our recent front office has been drafting better. Just look at quickly, Grimes, even Jericho Sims. Everyone on the Knicks since Leon Rose came in has been drafting better. I oh, mean, this isn't how's o- oh, What do you mean? Obi Toppin? How's that been? They don't play him. Yeah. Well, like, I, I mean, so then why'd they the draft him? They don't play him. Why'd they now, draft him? Talk to, talk to Tibbs. I think Tibbs should be gone. The Knicks have no identity. Oh, Absolute zero. You I want mean, Tibbs gone? Really why? You going to bring in another head coach? I want a coach that's going to give us an identity, not give Randall the ball. He doesn't get the shot off. What, I- what, what identity exactly do you want to develop with this group of players? Who- I want the Knicks to be able to pass the ball and stop playing isolation. You look at all the best teams in the NBA right now, it's because they pass the ball. The Golden State Warriors, the Boston Celtics, the Memphis Grizzlies. It's a team sport. The Knicks get the ball in their hands, and it sticks. Yeah, it's, it's mind-numbing. They it's, don't it's absolutely infuriating. But they don't have enough shooters. That's the problem. They don't have any have, shooters. I'm Barrett can't shoot at all. Okay, I mean, and that's a big problem. Three. That's a big right. So quickly can shoot. Quickly can shoot. Grimes can shoot. Uh, Grimes is 0 for Grimes 5 last shoot. night from downtown. Grimes. I know, but he has good. I know he has good form though. He has good. Oh, well, form that's nice. Good form. That's nice. Maybe maybe one day the shot will actually start going down consistently. Now, I'm not knocking Grimes because I do like him as a player, but before you guys put him in the Hall of Fame or or raise his jersey next to Ewing and Willis Reed, I mean, can Grimes actually hit a a few big threes, for goodness sakes? Is that too much to ask? I completely agree. No, I mean, he's been absolutely infuriating. Even tonight, he missed two huge threes. Of course he did. They couldn't couldn't hit one down the stretch. He had good looks. He was missing them. He's got to hit him. He's on this team to knock down those threes because especially because we know R.J. Barrett can't do it. But quickly was going through these same struggles last season, mm-hmm. and then we didn't give up on him, and now he's one of our best players on the team. But it actually gets to my bigger points out about how the entire NBA as a product is trash. And the main reason why it's a terrible product is the three-point line. And if they want to save this sport, they got to get rid of the three-point line instead of adding a four-point line. I mean, the one thing it is now is people standing around a line and getting the ball past him and making the three. Right. I mean, if you if you want to be Steph Curry and you want to walk up from half court and make the shot, all on you. Good for you. Only worth two points. And by doing that, it's going to help. Because right now, it's, it's mind-numbing basketball. There's absolutely no skill involved at all. People just hug the line. It's not like what it used to be where these big guys can't shoot. All right. Like if I, they want to take these. 
I agree. No, I, I think it's a good point, Tyler, the way that you're saying it. I agree, but I have to believe that an extreme change like that would also lead to different problems under the new rule system. Would would people now look, you're I mean, I like giving the ball down low to the big fella and letting him go to work, whether it's Ewing with a turnaround J or a jump hook in the lane, whatever it may be. But is are people going to be like, well, this is boring now. I mean, I don't want to watch this dribbling the ball like, up, waiting for the clock to come down, trying to get the ball inside, kick it out after you get doubled, hit the you know hit an outside jump. I mean, what's but the big guys are different now. Like Joel Embiid, yeah, he has a post game, but he can still knock down a, a distant shot. So if they're going to play off of him and not let him get in the post because that's where he's making all the shots, he's going to knock down an outside shot. It's not like Patrick Ewing mm-hmm. or Hakeem Dream where they're not shooting outside. You have talented big guys. Oh, you like can shoot. Is gonna, all, right, but, all these guys can shoot now. Well, no, but they can shoot. Right. Right. The bigs get stretched and the floors stretch with the bigs where they can knock down a three. Okay. So I'm saying, how would that then translate if there's no three point line? What do you want to see offensively with no three point line? The ball will still move. What will basically happen is people won't just hug the outside line. Like right now, all the NBA is is people stand in the corners, the ball gets passed around, they make the three or they miss the three, then they go down the court. Agreed. Each team shooting like 35 threes a game. Right. Now, you can still do that without a three-point line, but you're not going to get the three points. So it's going to encourage players to do more pick and roll. It's going to attack the rim, right. And one. It's going to create this game where it's like, no, if you want to be Steph Curry, and we'll, we'll create more free throws, more free throws as well. Throws, which everything, the whole game right? But are they exciting? Like, are free throws exciting? I mean, who wants to watch that? Oh, I'm not. Well, I mean, we're getting we're already getting 20 free throws a game. Is right. the game any different now? I mean, Doncic gets 20 free throws a game. Right. I mean, it's insane. This like what the game is, and the reason why I'm saying this is because there's talks about adding a four point line, and they're going the opposite way. They're going to add a four-point line before they – I mean, it's not like the NBA starts – there would, there used to be not be a three-point line. Right, like I know. They created I remember. that out of thin air. Right. Okay, so now they want to add a four-point line? Why are we going farther away from basketball and going – instead of going back – I mean, it's never going to happen. I mean, I'm, let's say fact. There's no way well, something something's ever... going to happen. I mean, they they got to change something. And, Tyler, excellent call. We appreciate it. Get back to us. The Something's got to change. But I think your extreme – or your idea is a little too extreme. It's got to be somewhere in the middle where there's got to be a balance. The two-point shot is not as valuable in today's game as the three, right? They play the percentage. All right, well, if we shoot the three more often, chances are they're going to go in, and we like the way the points add up quicker that way, the analytics. Why waste time taking twos? Especially if you're going to shoot a jump shot anyway. I mean, attack the rim is one thing or a dunk or a layup. But, you know, why shoot the, you know, deep, the, the Charles Oakley two-pointer? If you could just step back a few feet and knock down a three ball. But I don't think eliminating. Now, I would, if you're asking me would I rather have a four-point shot or eliminate the three-point shot, I'd rather eliminate the three. I mean, I don't think you can move it back any further because I don't think that's going to deter. These guys are pulling up, <laughs> I mean, near half quarter anyway. I find the game to be boring at times with this style. You're right. Live by the three, die by the three. I like the college game much better at times, 
each possession means something. Possessions now are disrespected. It used to be if you pulled up from beyond the arc early on in the shot clock, your rear end would be benched. Now it's like, oh, what a great shot. They didn't waste any time. They got up there, chucked to three. But I don't know the answer to fix it. And I don't think that it's removing the three-point line as much as I'd like to see it. Jeff is calling from Smithtown. What's up, Jeff? Morning, Sal. How you doing today? Good, Jeff. How are you this morning? All righty. Um, as far as uh, paying money for the Super Bowl, back in Super Bowl 43, me and my entire family are Steeler fans, even though we grew up on Long Island. And uh, we went, me and my 14-year-old daughter at the time, Ashley, went down to Tampa, and I paid for, the ticket value on the on the ticket was $800. I paid $1,500 per ticket. Okay. Flew down to my sister-in-law's house who lived in Orlando. Then rented a car, drove down to Tampa, all said and done, the whole trip for four days cost me $5,500. But when you go to the Super Bowl and you see your team actually win, it, my daughter looked at me, like I said, she was 14 years old at the time, and said, Dad, this is the best day of my life. Right, but you also didn't pay a lot. That's, I mean, it is a lot of money, obviously, but nothing compared to what it would be now, right? Right, but you're talking 14 years ago. Well, I understand that. That's what I'm saying. You took advantage of it. The way that it's increased right now, it's not even feasible for the majority of people, I can't imagine. And I agree with you 100%. That's why, like, if I was a Jet fan, I would pay top dollar for, you know, especially going to Vegas. You pay 10 grand for per ticket? Listen, I'm 57 years old. If it's a a once-in-a-lifetime thing, Life is too short. With my father dying at the age of sixty-one, and I never saw a Super Bowl, I would pay ten grand to go see it. Fair the enough. Jets win. I love the way you said it. I understand that. You know, look, if you could somehow swing it, I get it. The other part, though, Jeff, is that you don't know if they're going to win or not. Like you got that's lucky. Yeah, that's the chance. You want to know something? At that Super Bowl, when the Arizona Cardinals took the lead. Okay, 24 to 20, mm-hmm. or no, 23 to 20, and with two minutes to go in the game, and Ben had to go 90 yards mm-hmm. in that last drive, with th- and we won with 35 seconds to go. It's Antonio Holmes. Antonio Holmes in the corner of the end zone, mm-hmm. the 100-yard return by uh, Harrison. Yep. I mean, it was a great game, like you said. You right, but, but what if they lost? Well, guess what? At least I experienced going to see my team in the Super Bowl. I was able to go to Super Bowl 33 when the Denver Broncos beat the, unfortunately, your Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. My brother-in-law took me. He won that trip. That trip cost us absolutely nothing. Well, you got, okay? but you got, you got lucky with that. I do think, like, first of all, your experience with your family, that'll never be topped, right? And that's why you do take chances like that. And thank you for the call, Jeff. Appreciate you sharing that story with us. You were fortunate enough to be in a spot where you, you know, paid the tickets, Paid double the face value for the ticket. Took your whole family, got there, and got to see a win. That's great. That happened to my buddy at SMY, producer Sean Gelman. He's an Eagle fan. He went the first time. And, you know, when they beat the Patriots a couple years ago. Him and his brother and his father, diehard Eagles fans, they got to experience it. Can't top that. But you guys got lucky, A, that you were in a spot where you could be able to get tickets, afford tickets, and then B, had your team win. If I did that, my stupid team would have lost. They did lose the game. So I'm glad I didn't go. Because I would have had the distinct honor of saying, yeah, I saw my team in the Super Bowl. Blow a 28-3 third quarter lead. Losers. And it cost me three grand.
And now it's to a point where the tickets are so absurd. Look, you want to tell me you're going to pay, even if it's 14 years later, three grand to get in? All right, Super Bowl, don't know if we'll ever have this chance again, fine. You're talking about $5,000 to get in? $5,000 for the crappiest seat? Like, you could say the same experience. I know you don't You don't have to say you were there, but you could say I watched the game with my family. We lived it. We sat there in our living room. We all watched it together. Rather than you leave with one other person, because look, at five grand per ticket, I mean, what are you getting, four seats? You can spend, drop 20 grand? And some of you guys, God bless you, you have that. I would, even if I had it, even if I wanted to do it, you think my wife, I'd have to get divorced. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to the Super Bowl. Oh, how much per ticket? 5,000? What? What are you, out of your mind? I don't know. It's tough. For the fans who've, you know, the Jet fans who've been waiting a long time, maybe it is worth it to drop 10 grand or whatever it be per ticket. But that's what you're looking at. Life is short, though. And you could get a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience, if you're lucky. That's a big if, though. Big if. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. The final drive for the championship is here, and there's no better place to wager on the football title tilt than Superbook Sports. Superbook features the best menu of prop bets in the business. Plus, check out their special odds, boosts, and promotions at Superbook.com. With over three decades of odds-making experience in Las Vegas, there's no better place to wager than Superbook Sports. Win some money as one lucky team wins the championship. Download the Superbook Sports app today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 877-337-6666. Going to 5 a.m. CeeLo and Al have the warm-up show for you today as Jerry's in for Boomer once again with Geo. I was reading a uh, New York Post article here through the, uh, you know, scrolling through Twitter and apparently there's been uh, a lot of talk about Hulk Hogan, who had back surgery. And people were saying that, I don't know if this was on a podcast from Kurt Angle or something like that, but people started to go with the rumor that Hogan was paralyzed from the waist down, which is, in fact, uh, a lie. It's just not accurate. Hogan is apparently doing well. 
and is not paralyzed. That according to uh, one of his reps. Somebody was saying he's got to walk with a cane after having the back surgery. Just made me think, look, first of all, it's nice that he's in good health still. But, you know, even if you got to walk with a cane, I mean, if you were paralyzed, that'd be, you know, obviously awful. But walking with a cane, not easy. But still, at least he's functioning. Not only the wear and tear that it takes, I guess, the abuse that he took in the ring all those years. But think about this for a second. How the hell is Hulk Hogan still around? Think of all the wrestlers, unfortunately, that have sadly passed away way too young. And here Hulk Hogan is maybe proving, in fact, that he is immortal. Good to hear, though, that uh, he's not paralyzed and, uh, and doing well. 877-337-6666. Eric and Ron Konkuma. What's up, brother? Yeah, that was very good. Uh, how you doing, Sal? You know, I, I, I did see that myself as well, and... Uh... I mean, I'm not surprised that he might need a cane for a little bit. I mean, the guy's in his 60s. Uh, is, is he even 70? He might be 70. I think he's in his so 70s. Let me look it up. Yeah, right. So, uh, I mean, you know, back surgery is no joke, you know, uh, no matter what age you're So, um, but, uh, yeah, well, I, I did. Where the hell is it? Come on. Where is it? Hulk Hogan, professional. Why does this not come up right away? What would be your guess how old he is? Uh, if I'm going to go oldest, then I'm thinking maybe 71, but, uh, where the hell is this? Uh, why is this? Anyway, go ahead. Talk. I'll find it. Here. Okay. Why is Wikipedia? So, oh, here. Um, got uh, fifty-three. He was born in fifty-three. So how old does that make him now? Fifty-three. So oh, seventy, be, right? Uh, he's, oh, he's gonna be seventy yeah. this year. Right. He'll be seventy uh, okay. in August. Right, okay. That's pretty close. No, so he's sixty-nine. Okay. Yeah, he'll be seventy so, in August. Right. Um, you know, you're, you're lucky. You, you, you would actually get a, what are you crazy comment from your wife? But if I, if I mentioned I was dropping five grand for a ticket, uh, immediately it would be a reenactment of the exorcist with yeah. my wife. I mean, her head would start spinning around. Well, the key know, would the be, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, the key would be, you don't mention it. <laughs> We'd have to not right, mention yeah, it. Right. You just, you just do it or you flat out lie. Like, it's, right. there's one thing, you know, you don't want to be dishonest, of course, or deceitful. However, in this particular spot, I do think it's okay to bend the truth a little bit, maybe. Instead of saying that you paid five grand or ten grand for a ticket, you say, like, oh, yeah, I paid, like, 2500 1500 whatever it may be. Yeah, but you know what? I know my wife would probably talk to someone about it, and mm. someone who has a little bit more knowledge than she would would be like, yeah, there's no way he's getting in there for uh, twenty five hundred. Right. right, or she'll just but, read yeah. it on, read it on the news. Tickets to get right. in were a whopping ten thousand dollars if you're a Jets right. fan. <laughs> so uh, okay, but I, I got three quick uh, football things. So uh, this one coming from uh, Dave in Rocky Point wanted me to ask you this because you couldn't call in. Uh, you're talking about Tom Brady as far as possible landing spots. Now, forgive me if it came up already, but. Uh, is is uh, Baltimore realistic if they don't sign Lamar Jackson? No, it did not come up. It's an interesting thought. Uh, I'm assuming that Baltimore is going to, in fact, sign Lamar Jackson. But, yeah, if they don't, um, I mean, I guess they would be a landing spot for, for Tom Brady and I guess potentially Aaron Rodgers as well. Yeah, I mean, they still have uh, Hallbog there as the coach, so mm-hmm. I, mean, uh, I, I wouldn't see why anyone wouldn't want to go there. Well, I mean, they fit the, um, okay. they fit the criteria for being a Super Bowl contender if they, you know, if you add Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. So if that spot were vacant, it would become one of the more attractive ones. Yes. Okay. Um, are you surprised Sean Payton going to Denver? Uh, well, no, because we kind of heard the rumors about it for a while. I'm surprised that. That's where he chose to go. If he had other options, yeah. if he had his pick of the litter, I'm surprised that, and I don't think he did. 
Uh, but if he had his pick, I'm surprised that he chose Denver. Yeah, so was I when I when I, when I read that. I figured if anything, he'd try to go to maybe Vegas or uh, uh, you know uh, you know anywhere else uh, um, you know other other than there. But I mean, but hey, you know, look, I mean, uh, I'm sure they got well. They still have Russell Wilson, and they got pieces. Uh, they've always got a good defense and everything. So, uh, and, and the last thing now, look. <laughs> I know we're all fantasizing about the Super Bowl and everything for the Jets. Uh, and obviously the quarterback, whoever they get, is going to play a huge part. Honestly, though, uh, okay, because it's the only team that I root for I have not seen a championship game for. I, I honestly don't even know how I would react if they were to make it to the Super Bowl. I really don't. I, I just don't. You know, I, I'd probably be numb for like two weeks until the game started at the yeah, I didn't think of it that way. So the Jets are the only team you root for that you haven't seen in the finals. Yeah, because I mean, I you know I've seen them, I've seen the Mets win and be in it. I've, I've seen the Islanders, uh, you know, win win the the, the four cups and everything. Uh, I'm not much into the basketball, but I mean, even that I've seen. Right, uh, the Jets the you've Knicks, seen you know, obviously in the, the finals. Jets you've seen in the championship game, obviously, but just not in the right. Super Bowl. Right. I mean, I've seen them. You know, lose in the championship. Uh, a couple times, you know, mm-hmm. which, which, which hurt a lot, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if they, I, I really don't know what I would, how I would react if, if they actually won that game to get into the Super Bowl. I really, I mean, I, you know, I, I have a vivid imagination, but I'm not even sure I can come up with that one. Uh, you won't know until it actually happens, and let's hope right. that it does at some point, Eric, and thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in, as always. And you experienced the championship games. I, I told you, the, the championship games in the NFL are the best. You you know you're playing for the right to go to the Super Bowl. You know that if you win that game, all the attention is going to be on your team for two weeks, the build-up, and then the actual game to go out there and win it. But winning that championship game, and the Jets obviously have fallen short three times, whether it be 98 against the Broncos, whether it be 2009, 2010, they've fallen short a few times. But, man, winning that game... I'm not going to say it's better than winning the Super Bowl, but it's that to me is the the best feeling you could have. Uh, again, uh, winning the Super Bowl is similar to going to the Super Bowl. Just saying that you did it. That's the best part. Oh, yeah, I went to a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, the team that I root for won the Super Bowl. But that game is not as meaningful or, I don't know, it just doesn't feel the same way that a championship game does. Oddly enough. Butch is calling from South Yonkers. What's up, Butch? Hey, Sal, how's it going? How are you, Butch? Good hey, to hear but- from you. Yeah, I'm always listening, man. But um, Appreciate it. Watching the Knicks tonight, right? You got Brunson and you got Randall. But who's the third guy that they need to step up? You know, they need a third guy that they can, ha- that they can count on every night. Well, it's supposed and to be R.J. Barrett. not R.J., he's not consistent. Yeah, but that's the guy. If it's not him, they're in trouble. They need to develop another guy. I mean, what about Obi Toppin? Yeah, I don't think he could be that guy. Obi's just not that type of player. Yeah. Did you see that? Did you see the Asian kid that was on that Lakers? How he was playing against the Knicks tonight? No, uh, I didn't really notice. Old, no. Old Jamari or something like that. They, they got him from I think I think they got him from the Wizards or somewhere. Yeah. No, I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, he was playing tonight. He looked pretty ha- good. Hot you know? You're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was watching a little bit of it, but I'm not familiar with him. I haven't watched a lot of the Lakers this year. I'd be lying to you. So, I mean, I had the game on. I was watching it. I mean, he looked okay, but I didn't. nothing really stood out to me. 
And then you got guys like Mitch, like Robinson, Mitch Robinson. He's always hurt. You know, you never can count on him. It's, it's, it's tough, you know. Well, I mean, that's the problem where you look at the Knicks. R.J. Barrett is not as good as they thought he was or as good as they need him to be. Mitchell Robinson is hurt yet again. They're, you know, those are key pieces to this Knicks team if they're going to, you know, win games like this or if they're going to do any damage or get to the postseason. We're about doing damage in the postseason. You know, they need Quentin Grimes to step up. They don't shoot the three ball well enough. Mitchell Robinson out is a big part of what they do defensively and rebounding. You know, these are things that they can't overcome, obviously. And if they get in the playoffs, they'll probably only win one game. And one more question. I think if the Jets get in the playoff, if the Jets get to the Super Bowl, the ideal opponent for them to play would be the Dallas Cowboys because those fans are paying anything to get there, and the Jet fans are paying anything to get to the Super Bowl to see their team that has been so long. Right. I don't think you want to see the Cowboys in there if you're the Jets for that exact reason. And thank you for the call, Butch. The I, I got to believe that of all the teams in the NFL, now, I mean, I guess Cleveland could be up there. I'm trying to think of what would be the highest in-demand ticket. I mean, I know there are great fan bases across the NFL, but we're talking about a team that has been out of it for a while that finally gets back to the Super Bowl or gets to the Super Bowl. Cleveland would be one. Miami would be a huge one. Obviously, the Cowboys, probably the biggest. The two biggest have to be the Cowboys and the Jets, although I guess you could throw Miami in there as well. Vikings. I mean, there are some starved fan bases that if their team ever gets back to the Super Bowl, it is going to be a huge ticket. But I think if you're the Jets, you want to avoid having to play Dallas because that would probably be the biggest one. Cowboys Super Bowl, at this point, that ticket goes way up. Pat is in the Bronx. What's up, Pat? How you doing, Sal? Good, Pat. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, You know, just a brief parenthetical remark about the Nets. Uh, Patty Mills and Joe Harris, if they're hitting their shots, the Nets are a real threat. Mm. If they're hitting their three-pointers like the Knicks aren't, then I think the Nets are a real threat to go all the way. But getting into Alonzo and his contract, we, we've really got to uh, sign this guy. We've got to extend him like we did McNeil. I realize it'll be more money, but I can't think well, of... Well, it's going to be a lot more be, money. A lot more money. Well, I can't think of anyone who will do what Alonzo does. He's a clutch hitter. He's not, he's not hitting garbage home runs in the seventh and eighth innings to tack on to a 10 nothing lead. Pat, let me ask he, you something, though. Sure. Are, are you... Seriously, are you worried that the Mets might not sign Pete Alonso? Because of Steve Cohen, you think it's automatic? Yes, I do. I understand. I understand his. Like, don't even you're you're stressing yourself out just to do it. You're worried that you you're acting like it's the BC Mets. This is the AC Mets after <laughs> Cohen. It's different. BC I, Mets before Cohen be a different story. I could understand you'd be worried. We'd be talking about it all morning long. Uh-oh, are they going to sign Alonzo? What's going to happen? He's going to be a free agent. Now, well, I, I, don't even, I, I, I don't even worry about that stuff anymore. He's not going anywhere. No chance. Uh, you did see what happened with Correa. 
that he trusted his general manager or someone in the front office that he trusted that the doctor said that contract might not pan out. So he pulled back on that a little bit. I know Alonzo has no medical issues, but what is the delay? I, I'm only stressing myself out because then when we hit the season and Alonzo's agent says we're not going to talk during the season, then we get into the DeGrom territory. No, 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 no. no. Pat, let me answer them. Let's say, first of all, Alonzo's got, he's got two more years of control, right, Fleegs? This year and next year. Right. And the season still is nowhere even near starting, but two years of control. So he's not near free agency just yet. Now is the time to obviously be talking about an extension, which they're going to do. I'm sure they're doing it right now. But what are you worried about? Let's just say, worst case scenario, Alonzo's agent says, we couldn't come to an agreement. We're going to play this out and hit free agency. What do you think is going to happen in free agency? Do you think Steve Cohen is going to get outbid? No, I don't. Oh, I'm not really stressing out over it, but when I saw McNeil, I said, let's put the initiative in place. Let's calm everybody down. By the way, Sal, what are we going to do with DH this year? What are we going to do? I don't know. See, the, the and that's something to get excited about. And thank you for the call, Pat. That's something to get worked up about. The Mets lineup on paper is basically the same as it was last year. And that's just not good enough. Narvaez would be the one difference at catcher, and I do think it's going to be a significant difference. He's significantly better than James McCann, so you're getting an upgrade there. Remember, the Mets last year had three spots that were really weak offensively. Third base, catcher, DH. Well, one of them has been upgraded. The other, at third base, you have Escobar, you hope to have a bounce-back year, and if not, you're going to have Beatty right behind him. So really, catcher and third base should be upgraded. Now, you look around the rest of the team, maybe there's underperformance somewhere else. Maybe McNeil has a down year. Maybe Lindor or Alonzo don't do as much. Or Sterling Marte or Nimmo. You know, it's not like, okay, well, everybody's going to do exactly what they did last year and they're going to get a better performance from Narvaez and Escobar. No, people will perform better. Some people will perform worse. But the one thing I cannot stand, and I'm not trying to make him my whipping boy, but I just don't understand the infatuation with Daniel Vogelback. I don't get it. I don't care about the numbers that the guy gets on base. Uh, I don't care about his splits versus right-handed pitching. I'm watching the guy, and I see it with my own eyes. He gets on base. He clogs up the base paths. He gets up to the plate. He's looking to walk. He should be looking to mash. Not only that, so he can't run. He doesn't hit for good average. He doesn't hit with power. He can't field. So what does he do? Draw a couple of walks? That'd be great if you were Billy Hamilton. And even then, I wouldn't want it. I want somebody that can actually play baseball. Let him have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Back on the fan, going all 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and CeeLo today. As CeeLo's in for Jerry, who Jerry's in for Boomer, along with Gio. 
And obviously that'll uh, be here in about eh, 11 minutes or so. So we'll finish up on the phones. 877-337-6666. Just a reminder, back again tomorrow. We're on at 2 a.m. tomorrow morning. What is today? So today is Wednesday. So right. So Thursday, which will be my last day of the week before vacation. So see you tomorrow, 2 a.m. Your calls uh, now before the warm-up show. Bob is calling from Bayside. What's up, Bob? Yeah, Sal. Hope you have a good time in Aruba. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate and that. I hope I, I know. Shape. I know you've gotten into shape. Uh, you know, once in a while, I tell you a Rodney joke. I have a five-second joke for you. Mm-hmm. But Rodney talks about losing weight and getting into shape. He says you need willpower. You know what real willpower is? When you're on death row and it's the night of your execution, and you, they give you your last meal, and you stay on Weight Watchers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Come on, it's a funny line. I was, yeah, not bad. I, I wish I had uh, any kind of willpower, which I really don't, Bob, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Uh, How I, often I'm, would you say you watch Rodney Dangerfield reruns? It's not watching a rerun. Or listen to it, I, it I, I told you, uh, 20 years ago when I would get it, uh, when I'd be depressed, I would just put his tape in, I'd drive around for 20 minutes, suddenly I'm laughing and I'm not, I'm not depressed anymore. No, it's not a bad idea. I think I could use that. Maybe it can alleviate some uh, anxiety that I feel like I have. Sal, as a Mets fan, you're not worried that you got two 40-year-olds at the top of your rotation? No. Let, let, what, what do you mean worried? Worried about what? Well, let, let, me, let me talk about Scherzer for a minute. Two years ago, he had a dead arm in September. Mm-hmm. Last year, he didn't exactly shine in the three-year sweep of the Yankees and the three-year sweep of the Braves. And as far, and as, far as uh, Verlander was concerned, he, went, he didn't exactly shine in, in the playoffs either. Hey, he was year. the best pitcher in baseball last year. He won the Cy Young Award. I'm talking about late. Uh, All right. Year. So what? I mean, he's not allowed so, to have a bad postseason game? No, the wear, the wear down factor. I'm, nah, you know, the, I'm not worried about it. I, honestly, yeah. I'm not. I mean... Well, let me ask you, Bob, why should we be caught up in the age as opposed to the way the pitchers have performed in last year, for example, or recent years is what I was going to say. Because the cliff eventually comes, Sal. Right, but last year, you're not talking about, oh, there's been a decline. Yeah, you're right. Last year, Verlander, though, was the best pitcher in the American League, arguably in all of baseball. Talking about late, Sal. Yeah, you but get you're talking about September. one or two games in the postseason. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm talking about the wear down factor for a 40 year old in September. Well, all right. What was the last series that he pitched in? What the Astros? Yeah, the World Series. And Verlander was good in the World Series, so he may have worn down a little bit or whatever, or not been great in the postseason prior to that, but. He was fine in the World Series. He was, uh, I'd be worried. One, one last point but, but on that. Why, why would you be worried just based on age? It's not about the age. It's about the guys that are doing it. Like well, Ver- You're right about that. But I All mean, right, the, so the, would you rather the Mets not have Verlander or Scherzer? Who's better than those two guys right now? You're right. Uh, I'd, I'd like to have one of those two. Right. I'd just be worried about the age factor. But anyway. Well, you're worried wh- about Rodon, who's been healthy, what, one or two uh, years in his entire career? Hey, they're taking a shot that he that he pitches well. Right, right? I get they, it. But you could say you're worried about him, too. And I like that move, by the way, with Rodon. But you, you could do. say you're worried about that, too. One last point on uh, on uh, on Rogers. Why would Rogers want to come here? Doesn't he have a better shot staying in in the in the, in the, in the NFC where where there's only two quality teams, Eagles and and uh, and uh, San Francisco? Didn't we just uh, didn't we just do this call yesterday? Yeah, but I'm just saying, why would he want to come here? Well, two things. Number one, you ask about the NFC. The Packers came out and said. If they trade Rodgers, it would be to an AFC team. 
Right, which you admit is loaded. The AFC Correct. is loaded. So why but, would he want? It doesn't he have a better shot of going of going further in the NFC? Uh, Bob, the Packers said. Listen to me here. The Packers said if they trade him, they are trading him to the AFC only. That means he doesn't have a choice to go to the NFC. Uh, come on, he's going to get them behind closed doors. No, no, they're not going to. Tra- well, I mean, anything's possible, I guess. But they said they're not going to trade him. To the NFC. That I, rules out all the NFC teams. If they want to trade him, they're going to trade him to an AFC team. But if he insists, that if he gets them behind closed doors and says, listen, we're going to win our division. I'm not going to win the division in the AFC East. We're going to win our no, division. No, but they, Bob, you're, you're missing the, the Packers may not want him. The Packers are ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. So well, then. For weeks, everybody, every host on this station's been saying how good they are in Rodgers. Now, the Packers are going to prefer Jordan Love over Aaron Rodgers? Well, because of where they're at with the situation with Love and where his contract situation is, and thank you for the call, Bob, They've the Packers have run its course with Aaron, uh, with Aaron Rodgers. They've done it. They've been down this road already before where they thought, oh, okay, two years ago they're going to move on from him. Last year they're going to do something. And they didn't. They kept them. And guess what? They didn't even make the playoffs. It's time for them as an organization to move on. See what Jordan Love's got. Make that decision now. It's time for both sides to move on. But the Packers haven't decided yet. Maybe they do decide to keep Rodgers. As of now, the reports seem that they're leaning toward trading him. And that if they did, it would be to an AFC team. Why would he choose the Jets? You look at the AFC teams and tell me what situation would be better or more appealing. The only one that might be would be Miami. And Miami came out earlier uh, in the offseason after the regular season and said that they believe in Tua. Now, could they change course on that? Sure. Kevin is calling from Milford. What's up, Kevin? Hey, how are you, man? Tired. What's up, Kev? Uh, well, listen, so I just got into my car and I turned the radio on and heard you guys talking about Roddy Dangerfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just just saw a movie that I've never seen with him and Joe Pesci before, uh, Easy Money. I think I've seen really that one, one, but I don't remember it. It was a really good one. But listen, as far as it goes with Aaron Rodgers, I don't like the guy at all. I think he's a great quarterback. He's very talented. He made his winnings going through that division that he did for all his career. Uh, as far as, I mean, I him going to the Cowboys would be, well, I, I think it would be, that's, that's the missing piece right there for them. I'm not a Cowboys fan at all. but Well, I, but he's I not going that. to the Cowboys. Two reasons. You just heard me oh. t- say it. He's not going to the to an NFC team. They said they're not going to trade him there. Well, I mean, well, I, mean, I, mean I, 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 I understand, but I mean, well, I mean where, where do you see him going? Rodgers? And do you see him going anywhere at all? I mean, like, do, do you want him? Rodgers? Right. Yeah, to the Jets. And thanks for the call, Kevin. Two reasons why he's not going to the Cowboys. One, because the Packers said they're not trading him to an NFC team. Two, because the Cowboys have their quarterback in Dak Prescott. And I do think Rodgers is going to get traded. I think finally they've reached their point, Green Bay, where they've had enough and they want to move on. And I do think Rodgers is going to end up with the Jets because it's the most appealing situation for him. Nathaniel Hackett, his good buddy. If you heard any of the Rodgers interview with Pat McAfee on, I guess it was Monday 
or Tuesday, Monday, I don't know. The days are all confusing here. Whatever, yesterday, let's just say. If you heard that interview, he goes on and talks about how Hackett made the room fun, talking about the quarterback room. Obviously, he had great years with him, references family. So if Nathaniel Hackett made football fun for Aaron Rodgers, that's generally something you, you know, fun things you want to experience again, right? And that was fun. Let's do that again. So you get the sense that, at least I get the sense that Rodgers does not want to retire from football. And that he is well-versed in what's gone on with the Jets, and maybe even more so now with Hackett. They've done all they can as an organization to put themselves in a position to where they would be the most desirable spot. Again, if Miami comes into play, then they're going to have some legitimate competition. But right now, with Hackett in place, with the weapons that the Jets have on offense, the offensive line, the defense, the way that that played, I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, plus the New York market, that's appealing to the challenge of it. Knowing that if you ever turn the Jets into a winner, really there could be no more critics. If you ever got to a Super Bowl with the Jets, forget about winning it. He could do no wrong. I don't care what kind of hallucinogens he's taking or whatever it is that he's doing or wherever he's dating. It doesn't matter. You win here, you're going to be a sports god. But if you look at the other situations that he might be open to, they're not as good as the Jets. Not the Titans, not the Raiders. Miami might be the only one. They have weapons. They have, you know, a a historic organization. It is Miami. Great place to live. Shut up. (laughs) Please, I was waiting for the music. I'd love to shut up and get the hell out of here. You don't have to tell me twice. Anyway, we'll see if Rodgers can make a decision at some point soon, although I wouldn't hold my breath. I feel like we'll be talking about this for another several weeks. All right, that does it for us. Thanks to Fleegs, as always. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. Appreciate each and every one of you. See you again tomorrow, 2 a.m., the warm-up show with Alan CeeLo. That's coming up next. Enjoy your Wednesday. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.